<laughs> Here to get drunk. <laughs> drink, drink, drink. Hi, I'm Jessica. Am I stroking? <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Sonia. We're so drunk, I'm like, ah. Hi, and I'm Don Marie. Don, Don, Don. And we are Opinionated Lushes, a comedy and society podcast where we like to drink and talk shit. Jessica yeah. doesn't. Jessica's normal. We start our episodes off with a question and a drink word. We usually never stay on topic or wait for the drink word to start drinking. She's freaking out because <laughs> I'm talking. There's a new episode of Opinionated Lushes every Friday on all streaming platforms. And unedited episode Saturday on YouTube. Um, I finished my drink during pre-drinks and now my tummy hurts. If you want to grab a drink with us. Any kind of drink and get ready to laugh. Make sure to follow. And bring your opinions. Just a few more strokes and finish. What do you think, Traveler? Why, thank you. With a scene like this, who wouldn't be inspired? (laughs) Oh no, I never considered myself an artist. More a doodler and tinker. I never got the opportunity to attend an art class. Monday, 9 a.m. Daniel clocks in for work, sits at his desk, sipping his coffee while firing up his computer for the day. He fills his morning with answering emails to kill time until lunch. At 6 p.m., he clocks out grabs dinner on the way home. Daniel eats his takeout with his watered-down beer before falling asleep in front of the TV for the night. Tuesday, 9 a.m. Daniel clocks in, heads straight to the break room to pour himself a cup of coffee. He downs it, then pours another immediately. He checks his eyes through yawns and half-lidded eyes, all while counting down the clock. He clocks out at 6 p.m. and goes home to make dinner. He falls asleep in front of the TV again, with a sink full of dishes. Wednesday, 7 a.m. Daniel wakes up on the couch, having never moved through the night. He's still in his work clothes and sees no reason to change his clothes. Daniel gets up, microwaves a frozen meal for breakfast while a pot of coffee is brewing. He drinks most of it before leaving for work, where he clocks in by 9 a.m., checks his emails, and has meetings until 6 p.m. When Daniel arrives home, there is nothing in the refrigerator, so he orders delivery. He finds himself killing time on his phone before going to sleep. Thursday, 
9 a.m. Daniel clocks in, already dreading the end of the day, having to go to the store. Emails, several cups of coffee, and spacing out occupy his day. He spends an unusual amount of time on the phone with a customer before clocking out for the day at 6 p.m. Daniel gets to the grocery store, but can't remember anything on his forgotten grocery list. He ends up loading his cart with frozen meals, soda, and coffee. Friday, 8.30 a.m. Daniel stops at a coffee shop for a double espresso before work. By 9 a.m., he has dived into another cup while preparing for his weekly meeting about performance optimization. He treats himself to a lunch as well as another coffee and spends his afternoon cleaning his desk off for the next week. Daniel is standing next to the pump as he fills up his car for the week. He turns to place the nozzle back on the pump when a gust of wind hits him, taking the seat from his front pocket for the car wash, along with its authorization code. Daniel runs after. Each time he is within reach, another gust of wind carries it further down the street. A few blocks later, Daniel lunges and stomps his foot on the top of the receipt, finally capturing it. Retrieving it, Daniel realizes his location is now less than desirable. There is not a car, person, or sign of life in sight. Placing the car wash code in his pocket, Daniel glances up and eyes land on a wooden post under a flickering streetlight. There is a single piece of paper stapled to it. Private Society of Amateur Artists. PSAA is recruiting. We have a room for one last member, a position which will be filled extremely quickly. Act now and claim your spot. Our society was founded for persons like us, those who are exhausted by the routine, burnt out, tired of living a robotic and soulless life. We will help you rediscover passion and excitement. Express yourself through art. Find your preferred medium and set yourself free. We meet every Friday at 8 p.m. sharp. 1763 East 6th Street. Bring this paper with you. Art supplies will be provided. Daniel rips the advertisement from the pole and scans it once more up close. What a load of horse shit. Crumpling the paper and tossing it against one of the dark buildings, Daniel begins to walk back to his car to wash it, and then... What? Spend another Friday evening alone? With frozen meals, beer, and watching old movies? What's the worst that could happen by attending an art class? Tired of the routine? Yes. Practically a slave to it. Burnt out? Absolutely. Daniel rushes back to grab the paper ball and stuffs it into his pocket. Yes, he is in a hurry, but now it is so he might make it to the art class by 8 sharp. 7.55 p.m. Daniel arrives and walks up to the front door of what appears to be an abandoned industrial building. Five others wait in line next to the still-shut front door. Are you all here for the art group? They all turn to look at him. Yes, we are, replies the man immediately in front of him. My name's Paul, the man says with a jovial smile. Nice to meet you, Paul. I'm, I'm Daniel. Uh, hi, Daniel. I'm Alma. Alma is short and petite with a hint of an accent. Uh, this is Teresa, Elliot, and Brittany in front of me. Teresa and Elliot greet Daniel, although Brittany nervously only looks back and forth between him and the door carefully dodging eye contact. Nice to meet you all. I'm excited to get started. Daniel comments. Are you an artist, Daniel? You don't look like the type. Elliot chimes in. Daniel peers down at his office attire. Well, 
No, I came here directly from work and didn't really have time to change my clothes. But I used to take art classes back in high school in my short college career. Well, I'm an artist. Alma asserts herself. My work has been featured in a few local shows. I do sculptures, paintings, drawings, you name it, and I can make something of it. What about you, Teresa? Paul asks. Nope, not an artist. She replies, still smiling. But I do compete in amateur marathons. I'm just looking for something to do in my spare time. How do you overachieve what I see? Alma jeers. <laughs> Paul, Elliot, and Alma laugh. The front door finally opens, cutting the tension. A wiry, strange-looking man stands in the doorway, ushering them inside. Please, come in, come in! The time is exactly eight o'clock sharp, and Brittany leads the way through the door, followed by Teresa, Elliot, Alma, Paul, and Daniel last. As he walks through the door, Daniel slows down to inspect their peculiar host, who has a long and pointed nose, large ears, and glasses on his face. Good evening, sir! Please find your seat. We here at the Art Society do not like to be late. The host declares. Daniel walks through the seating area, where he finds the last open chair between Paul and Brittany, relieved that Alma is seated at the table across the room with Elliot and Teresa. That's strange. My paper said there was only one position still open. Daniel whispers to Brittany and Paul. Huh, mine too. Paul replies. Brittany nods. And why are there six of us here and... How do they have exactly enough seats for for all of us? Oh, relax, pal. Let's have some fun. Paul pats Daniel on the back and scoots his chair in. Daniel turns to look at Brittany, who only stares at him with nervously darting eyes in return. Hail, fellow artists! The host greets. Hey, headmaster. The entire hall shouts in synchronicity, pounding their fists on the tables in a rhythmic fervor. To our guests this evening, my name is Gareth, and I am the headmaster at a private society of amateur artists. Hey, hey, headmaster! The crowd erupts again. <laughs> Don't mind them. They are incredibly enthusiastic about art. Garth <laughs> chuckles. We hope that in a short time, you will become artistic zealots much in the same way they are. We have an exciting night planned for you. A contest of sorts. A contest to see who deserves the final spot in the society. Alma butts in. Teresa shoots her a dirty look, gritting her teeth in competition. Yes, something along those lines. Garth smirks. As I'm sure you've already gathered, we are an incredibly diverse and passionate group doing magnificent things for the universe through our art, which you are about to witness in action. Although before we go any further, I will need a volunteer to kick things off. Alma nearly knocks the table over to jump up and offer herself first. Teresa shoots much higher, only wanting to beat Alma. You are positively perfect! Garth points to Teresa and waves her over. Isn't she perfect, my little virtuosos? The synchronous pounding begins again in triplets before Garth quiets them down. Teresa is absolutely beaming as Alma sits down and sulks in her chair next to Elliot. Thank you for picking me first. I'm so excited. Teresa gushes. Excellent news! That's what we love to hear. What would your name be, lovely? Garth takes her by the hand and leads her towards two women 
standing still behind him like soldiers. I'm Teresa. She exclaims, smiling devilishly toward Alma. Although I'm a little embarrassed to admit, I am not the most artistic person here, but I learn quickly. Ah, Teresa, what a nice name. Well, don't you worry, Teresa. We here at the PSAA don't actually train artists. We believe everyone contains art inside them, and we have a unique ability to force it out, if you will. <laughs> Pull the potential out of them. Isn't that right, my virtuoso? Now please follow Elaine and Elaine in the back room so they may prepare you for our first art exhibit of the evening. Come, come. Garth grabs Teresa behind the arm and leads her to his assistants, the Elaines, who take her out of the room. As we wait for Teresa to return, I would like to place name tags in front of the rest of you newcomers. That way I don't have to constantly ask your name. <laughs> we have much to do and only a short time to do it. Although time is just a construct that doesn't matter. You, little firecracker, what is your name? Garth stands on a table, delivering his grand declaration. My name is Alma, and you will find I am easily the most talented of this entire group you've invited tonight. Alma stands and pokes herself in the chest, truly a match for Garth's sense of grandeur. So much spunk! You are prime material for PSAA, Alma. But first, we must see your artwork in action before anything can be decided. Garth asserts, writing her name on a piece of paper, which he walks over and places in front of her. Who is your friend next to you? Me? Elliot points at himself. I'm Elliot. Well, Elliot, is there anything we should know about you? It's going to be difficult to follow Alma's introduction. Dry chuckles roll through the room. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean... I drew these, like, amateur comics as a teenager, but that's about it. Elliot stammers. What a coincidence! We are amateur artists! Garth laughs to himself, placing the Elliot paper on the table. Of course, uh, Teresa's in the back, yet I don't believe we'll need any help remembering such a beautiful name. Alma grimaces. Garth saunters across the room to the other table, where Paul, Daniel, and Brittany sit. The veteran artists remain positively still, following Garth around the room with nothing but their eyes. Hey, pal. I'm Paul. Paul sticks his hand in greeting. How charming! Garth recoils from Paul's hand in disgust. Nice to meet you, Paul. You certainly are a big guy, aren't you? All-American football team in high school. Paul beats his chest proudly, looking back and forth to Daniel and Garth for approval. What do you say, virtuosos? Is Paul the perfect subject for our second art project tonight? The group begins to chant. Paul! 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 Growing increasingly energetic, pounding their fists harder and harder. One could easily be fooled into thinking these people are waiting for a large meal rather than attending an art club meeting. Paul stands up and pumps both his fists to generous cheers, as if he just scored the game-winning field goal. PSAA has made the choice, Paul. You will be featured in the second exhibit of the night. Such a prestigious position to be very proud of. Garth begins to clap, and the crowd follows in a thunderous fashion. Please, 
Go through the same door after Teresa, and they will take care of you back there. Paul exits, drawing applause from a restless audience. You! What is your name, and why are you here? Garth has finally reached Daniel, who isn't entirely sure how to answer. Um, my name is Daniel, and I came here for some excitement. Uh, work has been draining me lately, so I was hoping to, you know, find a hobby to help get me through. Daniel replies honestly. Very nice, Daniel. That is a good reason to come. And what of your artistic background? Garth leans close to Daniel, making him even more uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, I, I took a few art classes back at school. That was quite some time ago, though. Not to worry, Daniel. You businessmen are always so serious. Garth jeers as the room laughs, placing his name placard in front of him. Daniel blushes and sits back in his chair. Garth prepares one final piece of paper, stepping sideways from where Daniel is seated to the end of the table. Last but certainly not least, your name is... Garth gestures towards the girl. Brittany. She replies without moving. Brittany! Yet another great name for an artist! But tell me, have you any art experience? She nods weakly but avoids looking up at Garth's face. The door in the back of the room opens and Teresa steps through, dressed in a nearly skin-colored two-piece bikini and clearly proud of herself. Marvelous! You could not be more perfect if you were sculpted by the gods themselves. Truly mesmerizing, isn't she, my virtuosos? Truly mesmerizing. They now whisper in unison, refraining from beating the table and sounding much more eerie. Teresa is glowing in the moment, lapping up the attention while Alma is glaring at her. She is almost statuesque, don't you think? A chiseled physique such as this one should certainly be revered and used to inspire wonderful paintings. Garth declares with his hands raised in the air. Tears fill the room. Well, that's why I'm here. Teresa snickers. But I thought I would be doing some painting myself. <laughs> yes, yes, in due time. But for now, we need you to be our subject. Never fear, you will all get your turn. Elaine walks out from the back of the room and begins to bend and twist poor Teresa's body into a painful position to hold. You want me to hold it like this until they're done? She's standing awkwardly, lunging forward and turning slightly at the hips with her arms raised and flexed. You are doing a splendid job, my dear. Have at it, painters! Garth shouts. The sound of the furious brushstrokes fill the room as Teresa begins to sweat. Alma and Elliot are lost in their work. Paul is still missing, and Brittany is moving silently across her paper. Daniel is struggling mightily to keep up with the quick pace of the others. Amidst the chaos, Garth walks up to Teresa, who is beginning to wilt. Teresa, my dear! Some of the painters have been lodging complaints about your lack of stillness. Please, try to do better, as this painting is incredibly important to highlight a strong woman like yourself. Thank you, but maybe I could just uh, take a short break? Teresa suggests, her perfect form degrading by the second. There are no breaks in art. It takes courage and suffering to do it right. Go on. Straighten up! This won't take much more time! Garth reassures her. He begins to walk around the room and inspects everyone's painting, 
occasionally uttering words such as abysmal or magnificent. Thankfully, he skipped Daniel's table altogether. Teresa! Now you are simply being rude. Please, fix your form properly for the sake of my painters. Garth loses his cool briefly before taking a deep breath. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. This is very tough to hold. Teresa frets, quivering in position. Garth steps over to straighten her out again, then pats her on the back and continues to inspect paintings. With his back to Teresa, rumblings of dissent begin to travel through the room. Their model cannot hold her form, and their art is lacking because of it. Turning his head slowly to see what the fuss is all about, Garth's lower lip quivers ever so slightly. He moves quickly and silently to one of the Elaine's, grabs a medieval-style battle axe from her, and takes a mighty swing clean through Teresa's neck from behind. Her head drops to the ground and rolls while the body remains still at last. A showering of blood shoots from the neck and covers the immediate area in crimson elixir. There you have it, my virtuosos. She will stand still finally. Replenish your paint supply and hurry to finish your first painting, as we must be moving on shortly. Uproarious cheers accompany the scurrying of human rats swarming the area, slopping Teresa's blood onto their palates with rabid fervor. Alma sits pale as a ghost, covering her mouth with both hands, while Elliot quivers in his chair next to her. Daniel is still staring down at his artwork, unable to create the proper shade he has in mind, now accustomed to the loud noises of celebrations and table pounding. Garth steps forward and grabs Teresa's head from the floor, propping it back on top of her neck and adjusting the body's position so it will stay on. Elaine, the steeple gun won't be necessary this time. It's staying on just fine. Elaine retreats back to the shadows, holding the staple gun behind her. Daniel finally mixes a decent hue and looks up at the model to continue painting before time runs out. Hey, what's what's happening over there? He asks Brittany next to him, who has her canvas turned so Daniel can't see it. Nothing new. Humans acting predictably. She drones without looking up from her painting. Daniel has no clue what that means, so he continues working. The red paint covering Teresa's body must be part of the exhibit, he thinks. Time is up! Brushes down! Time for the next! Garth says as he walks past Alma and Elliot. What could ever be so wrong, my little doves? You are both shaking like leaves. Don't tell me you're having a change of heart. Nothing is wrong. Alma lies. We are having a great time. Elliot forces himself to say. Oh, dear. You had me worried. I thought we had a couple of quitters on our hands. And nobody here will tolerate quitters. Garth strokes both of their hands before skipping off. The first Elaine finishes removing Teresa from the room as the second Elaine wheels Paul out through the same door, now tied to a wheelchair. He is wearing nothing but underwear and struggling to hold his smile. I guess I'll try to be a good sport and all, but this is a little weird. Even for me. Paul reassures himself. We are glad you were a good sport, Paul. After all, you are an integral part of our evening. I certainly hope you enjoy this next segment because it's a personal favorite of mine. 
Scratch on! Applause fills the room as Paul makes the same face Teresa made when she realized she would not be able to complete the task asked of her. Good. My painting looks crap anyway. Maybe this will be a bit easier. Daniel whispers to Brittany. Each of you will find a scalpel in front of you, which will be your tool for this art piece. Garth walks over to Paul and holds his scalpel in the air. You will hold it like so and make very fine markings at first. Then fill in later, much like beginning a drawing with a light sketch. Watch me! He makes a few fine incisions into the skin over the soundtrack of Paul's streaks. Please! Ah! No more! No more! I'll do anything! Oh, hush, Paul! Elaine, will you bring me my reciprocating saw? I can't work over Paul's willing like that. We'll just cut sheets of paper off you and pass them around instead. Garth offers matter-of-factly. Don't. I'll, I'll, I'll try to be quiet. Please don't grab the saw. Paul begs. That's the spirit. Now, let's begin with you other four newcomers for this one. I know, Alma. I'm sure you would love to go first. Alma trudges towards Paul's wheelchair, appearing quite unwell and pale in the face. Garth hands over a scalpel and urges her empathetically to begin. What do you want me to draw? Alma asks through clenched teeth. We are not yet drawing, my dear. This is scratch art. And please, you are the artist. Bless us with your genius. Alma begins to scratch into Paul's side. His long fading smile is replaced by horrific screams. Shaking violently, she makes jagged and terribly uneven lines in his skin, stopping frequently to cover her mouth for fear of gagging. Daniel sits and watches solemnly, entirely convinced this is a work of performance art. He was the last to arrive. The other five must have been planted to test him and see if he would play along. The flyer did, in fact, say there was a single spot left. <sighs> Alma, I expected much better from you. This is pedestrian at best. Please, have a seat and be out of my sight. Go on, be gone with you. Elliot, you're up. Elliot stands slowly with a single tear rolling down his cheek. He takes a deep breath and exhales loudly, then makes a dash for the front door. Elaine steps from behind a rack of supplies, swinging a baseball bat upward into Elliot's chin. An echoing nightmare sound similar to that of a watermelon rings through the space. Alma screams, beginning to sob uncontrollably as Elaine drags his twitching body through the back door. The other Elaine silently moves behind Alma and covers her mouth with a rag, rendering her unconscious. This was a ridiculous failure, and I am no longer in the mood for scratch art. Elaine, please sit Alma down and bring me my axe. Garth bids as Paul starts to panic. Take it easy, Paul. We aren't going to put a perfectly good body to waste. Paul relaxes slightly, but stares skeptically as Elaine walks the battle axe over and hands it to Garth, who raises it high above his head, then brings it down on Paul's right wrist first, then his left. With no hands, Paul is able to pull his arms through the restraints, and he instinctively attempts to lose the belt, holding his waist, although the nubs are unable to work the buckle. Garth moves with frightening speed to dismember the subject's remaining limbs until only a torso sits in the wheelchair. Elaine, please move Paul's limbs to the drip station so we may move forward. 
we are accomplishing so little yet taking so long in the process. The drip station, so named because it is where body parts are taken to drip until dry, is the shelving unit by the front door where Elaine delivered Elliot an untimely blow. A tarp sits beneath it on the floor where the dripping liquid accumulates. Everyone, thank Paul for providing us with a brand new mannequin set. Garth orders. Thanks, Paul. The droning voices echo. Because of his generous donation, next week we will be able to pass those pots around and practice drawing them. I know how much some of you struggle with drawing hands. Garth chortles, followed by his minions. Daniel sits back in his chair, digesting the entire spectacle laid out before him. And he is forced to stifle a laugh. How absurd! What sort of comedy show is this? Tonight is everything he could have ever asked for to escape the mundane and the life-sucking routine of his corporate job. Theatrics, pranks, and fake violence to boot? Thinking of Paul attempting to remove his belt with no hands finally sends Daniel over the edge, and he lets out a giggle. Just a small one at first. But then he catches a case of it and can't help himself from belly laughing. What's this? Daniel, is it? You have been awfully quiet thus far. What could possibly tickle your fancy so suddenly, my dear boy? Garth smiles in response to Daniel's infectious laughter. I'm sorry, I, I really don't, <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt. Daniel says, bursting into a tear-jerking fit in the middle of a sentence. Brittany turns her head to stare at him in disbelief. I'm sure we could all use a laugh. Please, share with us. <laughs> Garth begins to giggle slightly, clearly uncomfortable with his own sudden lack of control. He, he tried to unbuckle himself with his nuts. Daniel puts his head down, howling and crying until he can no longer breathe. Garth lets out a reluctant cackle, then breaks down into laughter himself, until both men are wiping away tears and lost in the throes of cachination. The artists around them giggle awkwardly. He did try, didn't he? Garth chuckles. Daniel, are you having a good time? This is great! Exactly what I needed! Such an amazing experience! Do you hear that? He's having a great time, everyone! Garth shouts to a round of rapturous applause. You will absolutely love what comes next, Daniel! Great! I'm ready for it. Everyone else probably has so much fun playing their parts. Daniel walks over to take center stage. Indeed! Elaine, bring Alma to us. The other Elaine lays out a massive, fresh white tarp and places cinder blocks around the edges to hold it flat, while Elaine removes her shoes so not to stain it, then lifts Alma and places her dead center in a starfish position. How are you at painting, Daniel? Garth asks stoically, quite contrasted from the maniacal fit of mad laughter a few moments ago. <laughs> I was doing okay, I guess, until Teresa lost her head. Daniel stifles an outburst to match the current mood of the room. Yes, yes, Teresa refused to cooperate, we remember. This is rather different though, Daniel. This will be an expressionist painting and come to life in real time. Are you ready to begin? Garth grabs a large sledgehammer from Elaine and offers it to Daniel. Awesome! I can't wait to see how you guys do this one. 
Daniel exclaims, raising the sledgehammer high and bringing it down on Alma's hand, which pops like a tomato. She suddenly regains consciousness from the shock and lifts her hand to her face with a throat-splitting shriek. A white handprint remains by her side, red spatter surrounding it. This is so cool. What an amazing illusion! Daniel lifts the hammer again. This time, so far, it is resting down his back and swings it all the way around with a smash when the screaming suddenly stops. This is great! Daniel, keep it going! Garth encourages. The artists in the room sit still and watch, yet one busy painter catches his eye. Daniel continues the endeavor, smashing Alma's other hand and moving up her arms as Garth walks over to Brittany. What's this? He asks, sneaking up behind and catching her by surprise. I just figured I would keep painting instead of sitting and doing nothing. Brittany responds apathetically. Garth lifts and inspects the small canvas painting of Teresa in the position she was meant to hold, and the drawing next to it of her body standing headless. There is also a painting of Paul, and the in-progress sketch of Daniel poised to smash Alma with the hammer. Brittany stares with a blank face. These are transcendent! Garth's voice booms. I have never seen such talent! I'm speechless! You could add every artist in this room together and they wouldn't hold a semblance of a candle to these works of art! The crowd holds silence between Garth's musing and Daniel exploding in another body part. Brittany, are you ready to claim your rightful spot in the PSAA? The last hole to fill? Brittany nods meekly. Daniel! Stop turning Alma into a pancake and let me see your work. Garth walks over to the white tarp, which is now coated in spray patterns traversing all directions. Perhaps, instead of a pancake, she looks more like a waffle with all those dents in her. <laughs> Thank you so much for involving me. Alma was a great sport as well. Daniel hands the hammer to Garth and turns to admire the painting on the floor with his hands on his hips. Without warning, Brittany rushes up behind Daniel and swings the battle axe upward through the back of his head, cutting the top half of the skull off at an angle. The upper piece slides backwards and lands at her feet. Daniel turns around weakly, still beaming and chuckles, although his face is missing everything from the eyebrows up. He falls to his knees as Brittany reloads and hacks across horizontally at the ears, removing his eyes and nose like a bloody pound cake then taking off a thin slice to remove only the mouth. The crowd is absolutely captivated. Glued to Brittany as she raises the axe high and attempts to cut Daniel down the middle through the neck, yet only makes it to his chest and finally causes the body to fall flat on the ground. Brittany finds the mouth slice and peels it off the ground by the lips, carefully setting it aside for safekeeping. The young prodigy gets to work like an artist possessed, arms flailing in all directions and resembling someone trimming hedges more so than a creator. Garth waits with bated breath for the grand reveal. Yet Brittany pays him no mind and hacks away, unaware of the world outside herself at the moment. Finally, she steps back to expose the masterpiece. The body that once was Daniel's is sitting down in the lotus position now split in half further down the middle with two sides curling over like a banana peel. 
His left hand is fixed palm up to hold the top of the head and brain, while the right elbow is broken, bending upward and holding the slice of eyes and nose. Inside the neck crevice, Brittany has wedged the sledgehammer vertically in place of his head. She turns to face Garth, although with Daniel's bright smile adorning her expressionless face, while she clenches down on one side of his jawbone in her mouth and curtsies. Garth staggers forward, eyes wide and bewildered, staring at the sculpture for a full minute in total silence. The air in the room is thick with anticipation. Ah, surrealism. How did you know that was my absolute favorite? Brilliant! He begins to clap with such ferocity. The motion drops him to his knees while a tear runs down each cheek. The artists in the room clap slowly and in sync increasing in speed as they match Garth's intensity, and the walls seem to shake. A true visionary! Brittany, our sincerest welcome into the PSAA! Congratulations! Artists, welcome Brittany into the family! Garth's voice booms in the hall. Welcome, welcome Brittany! The artists echo, showing a collective shred of emotion for the first time. Brittany, please tell us. What do you call this prodigious work? Brittany removes Daniel's jawbone from her mouth and replies, I call it Vita S. Iocus. Then smiles wide and true. This has been a Morbid Forest production. And on this week's episode, you've heard Art Class, written by Andrew Adams, with narration by Jordan Hollingsworth, Sean Morell, Matthew Trevino, Devin Bohr, Ron Hyatt, Naomi Richards, Sean Conkling Mathot, Pele Freed, Landon Wisnat, Bill Simons, and Jessica Hart. Our theme music this season is For I Had Died Long Ago Inside This Place by Valentine Wolf. Follow us on Twitter or X, Instagram, and Discord, and Threads to stay up to date on all the things happening within the Morbid Forest. Interested in more morsels of the forest? Then join our Patreon. As a faithful traveler, you'll receive exclusive access to our early episode releases, a bonus series, and deals on merch for only $3 a month. Head over to patreon.com slash themorbidforest. We're getting quite close to our season finale, travelers. And with that, we're already looking ahead to the next season. So... Are you interested in hearing your story or your voice on the show? Then go ahead and drop a submission or inquiry at themorbidforest at gmail.com. Our submissions for both voice actors and writers are now open. We can't wait to hear and read what you've got for us. Loving the season so far? Leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform and help us track down more lonesome travelers out there just like you. And with that... We'll see you next time, travelers, on The Morbid Forest.